Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, coming to you live from River Road Studio in Eugene, Oregon. Today's show is going to be brought to you by a bunch of people, but we're going to talk about it in a little different way, not a bunch of ads. So, Sue, you're a really busy person. What do you do when you're not recording Real Herbalism Radio? Well, uh, thank you for asking, Patrick. (laughs) First of all, I do volunteer work at Occupy Medical, and we have two clinics a week, and they're both free, and they're integrated health clinics, so it's two free herbal clinics uh, with doctors and nurses and herbalists, and that's at occupy-medical.com if anyone wants to find out about it. And I also am an herbal consultant, and I like to focus on chronic illnesses and people that already have medication to help them with that because that's kind of my MO. Great. So how can people help you support um, Occupy Medical? Uh, You can go to our website, and we are a 501c3 organization. And uh, if you go onto our website, you'll see some of the protocols and stuff that we do as far as herbs are concerned. Also, we use uh, many of the formulas that you find on the Practical Herbalist site. So thepracticalherbalist.com. And uh, you can just send in a donation and we will give you a tax fund for that. Oh, so it's a 503C. Yeah, 501C3. Yep. Sure. Cool. And then the other uh, thing you do is the consulting and that Mm -hmm. was an email for that or contact you for that. Um, That's Sierra Lupe Herbal Consulting at gmail.com. Yes. I was going to say org. I'm like, no, that's the other one. Yeah. (laughs) Sierra Lupe. Sierra Lupe Herbal Consulting at gmail.com. All right. Well, Candace, so when you're not recording and making herbal tinctures and doing all the herby stuff and, and battling a teenager, what, <laughs> what what do you do outside of the practical herbalist? I, mean, I, I work with clients as an herbalist mm-hmm. through Get Healthy Now. And I do work with families that are looking to get healthy but don't want to do like herbalism. They're interested in things uh, more nutritional, foods and that sort of thing. And I use a company called Juice Plus. So I'm a rep for that. And then I am also involved with Hunter Creation. Um, I do a lot of the business, running of the business and bookkeeping and that sort of thing. And I'm beginning to work more and more with doing some of the website and print design work. With okay. Hunter Creation. All right. And you can find me at what? No, no. When I was doing my pen thing there, it was like, yeah. now you ask me what I do oh, when I'm not oh. out. I was, I was Well, I was waiting to okay. say, and this is how you get a hold of me. Patrick, what <laughs> do you do during your week? No, well, okay, no, wait, wait, wait. How do we get a hold of Candace? How do we get a hold of Candace? I get a hold of her like this. I reach uh, out and I grab her arm. Excuse. You can find me at gethealthynowwithcandace.com. Okay. Okay. So when I'm so, not recording. Yeah, yes. I was going to say the other half, my better half at Hunter Creation, Aww. who really knows the business, is Patrick. So let's hear about that. So when I'm not recording, what I do is uh, graphic design and website design. So I can help people and companies um, get their marketing materials and uh, pan- or not patterns, um, their marketing materials together in a cohesive whole from their branding, from their logo to their website, to their printed materials. So everything looks like it should be coming from one source. A lot of times companies make the mistake. They'll go to one vendor for one thing and another vendor for another thing, but then they never integrate across. So you sometimes see a mixed message. You don't want that. So I try to make sure that that's cohesive. And the other thing I do with my troubling teenager (laughs) is uh, another business called Ace High Heat Graphics in that we make um, custom uh, apparel for uh, companies and and businesses. We're more B2B than we are person to person. B2B means business to business. Well, if you're in – 
if you're in it, you would know that's B2B and that's what we do. Uh, we help companies um, and organizations get their name and their fundraising out. Uh, T-shirts are a great, great way to do that. Uh, that's our most common product. We've also um, have brought in hats. So we can do caps now. So. Yeah. Nice. And so, aprons. Yes, and, and aprons. And, and oh, tote bags, tote, and tote which bags. are actually really quite convenient when you're mushrooming. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Right. There Custom you go. tote bag for mushrooming. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yep. So that's what I do when I'm not doing this. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say is that the one thing that does help us keep um, the lights on, the doors open, and us doing this above and beyond everything else that we do is the Herbal Nerd Society. That's right. Yes. And, you know, in the last week, I think we had 10 new members. Oh, oh yay. Nice. Well, so, thank you, new members. Right. So uh, I think that's awesome. And it's always humbling when people are ready to put down their cash and say, hey, we like what you're doing. So if you want to become a member of the Urban Nerd Society and get access to all the old podcasts, special articles that Candace and Sue write, uh, special interviews that only the Urban Nerd Society members get, like the one with children last week about mm-hmm. mushrooms, mushrooms and cancer. Yeah. That was a really good one. Yeah. Um, I think that's why we got a bunch of – uh, members because that was a good that one. That was a good yeah. um, Then just go to the practicalherbals.com and then there's a menu item at the top that says um, join and click there. And then for five bucks a month or 50 for the year, you can become a member of the Herbal Society and get all that stuff. Plus an ad-free environment. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I do have a question for you. Mm-hmm. If, if someone's interested in the Herbal Nerd Society, but they're not quite ready to join, how do they get on the mailing list for the Practical Herbalist so they can at least keep up with and see what's happening? Well, right now there's a pop-up. Well, there's two ways. There's a pop-up that will appear on the website if you visit the website. And after about six, seven seconds, a pop-up will appear. Now, if you've decided that you didn't like that pop-up and you X'd it out, at the bottom of every page is a sign-up form. Nice. So nice. you can decide. So, yeah. It's a great way to get your, if you're not sure about the Herbal Nerd Society, it's right. a great way to just get an idea of what's going on. And you'll start to see some of the articles that are also coming out like mm-hmm. the, for the Herbal Nerds. So, right. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. You'll see what, you'll see the new articles there. You'll also see or get a note on the newest podcast that's being published. Um, it's a great yeah. way to stay in contact with us without necessarily being a member of the Herbal Nerd Society. Yep, And then when you're ready and you say, oh, my God, there has been an awful lot of really cool stuff going to them, you'll be ready. You'll know. know. You jump right in. All right. So we had a, I was going to say, a once in a hundred year snowstorm. That's, yeah. But I got to tell you, in, in, in the 10 or what, 13 years we've been here now, we have had multiple five plus inches of snow. And I know that's not a lot to a lot of people that listen to this, mm-hmm. but for our area, it's a lot. It's a lot. It shuts I swear. The city I down. believe there's only one snow plow for the entire County. There, I'm there not probably sure, is. But there probably is. And it wasn't in Springfield. And what so, they that. do is they shovel all of the snow in front of my driveway. <laughs> right. I mm-hmm. heard about that. That was yep. hilarious. That was, they, I was they, actually glad that we, mm-hmm. we had the people with the tire chains clear our entire road just by driving on it. Yeah. And then the sun come down and it was actually okay. It just took a few days. Yeah. Well, we had 10 inches in a night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I live near, closer to the center of town and that was a lot. We were not prepared for that. No. Oftentimes we will have snow around us because it's at higher elevation, but that was crazy. I didn't think, I mean, it was funny because a few weeks ago there was this big hoo-ha about how much snow we were going to get. Yeah. And we got none. Yeah. Right, right. And then this thing just... 
snuck up on everybody. There was supposed to be a little light dusting, and, and then, then there was. Yeah, I was driving back from the coast, you know. and it was all rain, rain, rain. I got into Eugene, it was rain. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the sign on the freeway that said, winter driving conditions ahead. I'm like, what? Right. And I kid you not. I crossed I-5 and it started to snow hard. Yeah. And I yeah. got home and there was snow on the ground already. I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. And then later on in the week, we got another three to five inches. Yeah. Which, okay, twice in one week? Right. So right. you've lived here 20 plus years. How many times has that happened? Yeah, not at all. So in the last- Maybe like a sprinkling through the week. Right. Continuous, but not right. like- But a whole week. Like a big days. dump. Yeah. And then let's just make it freeze for a while. And then they'll do another yeah. dump and then freeze it up again. So what we've yeah. noticed is that the climate is a change in here. Yes. We're becoming very yes. Midwestern and that's what we left. Mm-hmm. So we might be leaving. It's disappointing. <laughs> it is disappointing. <laughs> you know. So- with that, though... You leave, you're bringing me. You realize right. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With that, we, we had plans last week to go on an, uh, uh, a walk in the woods uh, early. Just wait. I'm not mm-hmm. done. Yep. So I'm still part of the intro. Yep. Still it's good. cool. We're good. Candace is saying, hey, we got to do the intro. I, I got it. I'm on it. So we had uh, that big snowstorm. We were going to do the walk. We we're going to get out there and we we're going to do the herb lab last week all about this you know, being outside and, and, and harvesting. That didn't happen. So now we have changed the discussion for tonight, and we're going to talk about um, the benefits and the things that come from that. So without further ado, now here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. I told you I, I was waving you off <laughs> because I was like, oh, that was how I was going to introduce to us the um, irony. The, the irony. irony. It's fine, children. <laughs> Go back to your seats. Well, the <laughs> irony of it, though. I mean, we, is, we do this great show about how important it is to get out and talk to the plants and all of that. And then we yeah. had an herb walk plan and we were going to cord on the herb walk. It was great. And then there was all the snow. It still turned out great. Oh, it's all right. It was all right. Yep. Here it's, we are. Yep. Here we are in the studio. Yep. Not, not in entertaining, the woods, but. With glaciers of snow that yeah. are still outside melting. Yes. <laughs> Horrible snow. <laughs> and ice too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. some areas of Eugene you can't even get up to. Like yep. the post office can't get to them. Cottage yeah. Grove yeah. just got their electricity back. Yeah. And then I think like an hour later, they all, they lost it again. Awesome. Woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to say that being in town on the same line as like the emergency route, and then we are fairly close to a strip mall. Mm-hmm. And I know that our electric only goes out when the strip mall's electric goes out, uh-huh. means we rarely actually lose our electricity. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a benefit. I mean, sure. it's at least one of the benefits of being not as much in nature and much more citified as. I don't lose my power so easily. <laughs> but if you do, are you prepared? Because I know a lot of people we were are, not prepared to go without electricity and water for as long as we, we are. Did. We are actually, we would be in trouble because there's the only, the only power of any sort to our house is electric and there's no place to even put a, a wood stove. I would have to build onto my house. You're talking about our heat, house, right? Yeah, for, for heat. heat. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we don't have, we could, we could <clears throat> add a gas line. I know there's natural gas close if I wanted to tap into it. But you still need to fan it. blow it. Yeah. But exactly. For natural gas, you still need electric to run it. So we would be in no, trouble. No, we would be prepared. If we lost if we lost power for any any stretch of time, that would have been a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. yeah. 
And we know people that did. We know quite a few people. We know quite a few people that had generators ready to go and just haven't been hooked up in two years since the last ice storm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? We know like at least what, two or three yeah, people like, like that. It's right there. It's on the porch, but it's not right hooked there. up. No. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so saying. as they're laying in bed shivering, they're thinking about the generator that could be keeping them warm. Oh, crud. <laughs> Poor dears. It's terrible. I know. Sure. I know. Yeah, yeah. Everything's ready to go. They just haven't moved it and put it in, hooked it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they got it. If they we lost it. it, we would we would be good. We have you guys ours have is a turn of the century heat. house, so yeah. we had the fireplace and a wood stove in there. And I would just pull. First thing I would do is take care of my chickens. Yeah, take you take know make sure the fish is okay, and the cats they always know where the warm spot is. Then we would heat up the living room. Yeah, I'd pull all my house plants into the living room. Yeah, and we just sleep and do everything in the living room. Right. Yeah, that is cabin yeah. fever after a few days for sure. But. Yes, right. I, that's when that's but when it's Sue eats her young. Yeah. Oh yeah, but that's absolutely. but that's surviving. It's survival. Sure. I mean, that's what you do. Yeah. We got a shit. Oh, sorry, I thought I was going to swear. We got a lot. <laughs> we have a, a ton of food set aside. Yeah. Lots and lots and lots of food. Yeah, food wise, we would have been fine. It was. It's really just the heat. Right. For us, that's the problem. And we did look seriously at putting in a wood stove at one point, but the cost is so prohibitive. For you know the amount of remodeling we have oh, to do right. because our house that was, chimney flew and, we, and yeah and that would yeah. only heat up the one room so it would yeah. still be a situation because you don't want the you don't want your house to get so cold because your pipes will freeze right? yes you don't yes. want to have that stuff happen yeah. so you have to really control yeah. that and that's um yeah that's like difficult. like you said I mean this this area was not built and then you know when you get up into the northern climates. The more recently, like houses built, what, after the 90s, the electrical power's all through the ground, so you're less likely to lose it, and the wires are buried. And then a lot of people have secondary sources for heating, even if it's just a fireplace, which is not awesome, Mm -hmm. but it is something. So if you do lose power, you can, you know, survive. I'm surprised how many people here live in the country. And don't have. And don't have secondary anything. Yeah, that one shocks me. Yeah, there's a nice big... Brand new home in the country, but they didn't put in extra power. They didn't put in ancillary heat. They didn't do that. Like, and they didn't even bury so their you, power lines. You're just in the city it's then. Like, you're, in, you're basically like on the city grid. So like if you're out, you're out. And yep. you live out here, you're low priority. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, know? There's, you better have wooden dining room chairs to burn. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Big 55-gallon drum. Yeah. But with that, with that whole thing and surviving that, and I know people listening are like, Geez, I had the Arctic blast. We have all this snow yeah. on the ground. And I understand that. But worse. the difference is, is that we're not geared for that. We're not that is not our normal here. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, you know, if it's no normal thing, you change to it like Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It's normal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure, in Minnesota, this this weather would not have kept us. It wouldn't The schools even, wouldn't have closed. Would not right. have even delayed anything. No. Sure. You because just keep you, moving on. you're prepared for that. Yeah. You go down to L.A., it rains like it does up here for a day and everybody's freaking, freaking out, out, you know, right? you know running exactly. around. Yeah. So it's just an, an yes. odd event that happens. I yeah. mean, unfortunately, like I said earlier, it's like these odd events seem to be happening more, more and often. more often yep. for mm-hmm. us. Because of climate change. So. Yeah. But that did bring up that big, kind of that good conversation that you guys <laughs> had about. The plants, yeah, yeah. about about what's gonna, what, what's going to be in the woods um, come. Oh yeah, when yeah. the thought when when it all melts yes. and what's going to be there. So yeah. right. um, we will be doing that walk at some point here, and you guys are going to talk about what's available mm-hmm. and the the 
the plus side of a big snowfall like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think myself, I'm looking forward to hopefully gathering some of the poplar or cottonwood yeah. buds because I have balm of Gilead, but I don't have a very big container of it. And I've uh-huh. used up like, I've used up almost all. It's like down to just barely covering oh, the things that are in there. Yeah. So I'm like, I can just pour more oil in there, but mm-hmm. it would be nice to get more. So what is, I don't, oil. I've heard you say that a ton of times. I understand it comes from cottonwood trees. I understand it's the, the seed pod mm-hmm. or those. It's the bud. It's the bud. Okay. So right. it, black, black cottonwood is what we have in this area. Mm-hmm. And I know there are different species right. of cottonwood around, but here in the winter, those branches, um, all the poplars do what, what we colloquially call self pruning. Mm-hmm. The, the weather gets inclement and they'll just turn off the juice to a couple of their branches mm-hmm. and those snap off very quickly and it, it saves the larger branches, right. the yeah. ones that would cause trouble. So you just go along and you pick up that branch and it's got all these sticky, resinous, very fragrant buds. Mm-hmm. They're, the, okay. they're the new leaf buds and you pop those off and there you go. Okay. Yeah. So that's what it is. But yeah. yep. and, so, and it seems like this really highfalutin name. Yeah. Balmagilead. Balmagilead. Yeah, right. right. So I was like, you know, I'm thinking Gilead. That sounds like something out of King Arthur. So. Right. But what do you guys, what do you use it for? I don't, I mean, because I'm like, you guys are really excited about this. I'm like, we are. Because yeah. it's a. I mean, a, it just sounds. It sounds. It sounds dorky. It does sound dorky. It, it, there, okay. it sounds biblical is what it sounds. And, and it is. It's biblical. It is. It is. <laughs> There's a, another plant that has similar properties that grows in, in the. Um. Mediterranean area that's actually a balm of Gilead the tree. actual yeah right but yeah. this one it's kind of a convergent evolution thing where this these cottonwoods have the same yeah. properties as that one in the in Mediterranean area yeah very 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 resinous yeah. um, bees in this area will collect the resin from those black cottonwoods and they turn it into propolis yeah. on their hive it's antiseptic antimicrobial antifungal you know it'll beat mm-hmm. you up in a dark alley it's it's hardcore medicine stuff and it's extremely sticky. You put your finger on it and you can lift the branch just yeah. by yeah. <laughs> touching the thing. It's great, great medicine. It's kind of uh, in in the deserts, they have Laria, a.k.a. Chaparral, very mm-hmm. sticky, very mm-hmm. fragrant, resinous plant. And that's like our version of it here in the Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest. Yeah. So that's why Candace and I are, are excited about yes. it. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we get to have that. It's great, great medicine. Yeah. So we've had a winter storm and there's branches down all over the place and we'll be picking it up. Yep. Yep. It's the time. Mm-hmm. It's the time. It is the season. How long does it take to get after you pick them and do your thing? How long does it take before you have herbal medicine that you can use? Um, if you're doing tincture, if I'm, if I'm doing tincture of Balmagilead, I use just straight Everclear. What's, what's the other name for it? Sprinkler, the 190 proof. Yeah, 190 proof alcohol. alcohol. And yeah. that, man, I like to leave it a couple of months. But then when it's resi, when it's resi, resi. when it's real, <laughs> that's when it's, my new thing. When it's real resi. <laughs> when it's ready, you oh, you know, you open it up and you just get a the blast smell. of that smell. Yeah, it's, it's there and the color changes and... Uh, yeah, I haven't made the tincture yet because oh. last year I didn't get that much of it. So I just made the oil. Well, this year. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward what to What kind that. of oil did you use? I used grapeseed oil. I like grapeseed oil um, because. Thing, yeah. Well, because it absorbs 
fairly well and it leaves the skin feeling not oily but oh. more dry so people don't complain about it as much okay whereas when you use like the olive oil people mm-hmm. complain that it's got a greasy feel more often mm, Even, it doesn't absorb how about if i well, i've used almond oil that before be, and yeah. that that's about as exciting as i have gotten yeah that would be potentially a good one too i've had people complain about that a couple of times hmm. um I know that Thomas Easley has a really good uh, discussion of the different types of oils and what they're, which ones are better for which types of plants based on how resinous they are and that sort of thing. Um, he talked about it in the Art and, Sci- Art and Science of Herbal Medicine Making, um, his module. He, he really gets into talking about there. And I believe he had, if I remember correctly, some information on that in the um, Modern Herbal Dispensatory, the book. Oh, that, right. That he and Stephen Horn co-wrote. He did, yeah. So that would be a good source if you're looking for specifically for like the medicinal reasons or the extraction, property extraction reasons for which oils you might want to use. Mm-hmm. For me, grapeseed oil is abundant, easy to come by and relatively inexpensive because you can buy a great big old bottle at that down at the grocery store. Sure. Or at the restaurant supply store, even bigger bottle for less per ounce cost. What's the shelf life on that? You know, so far the oils I've made with that have not gone bad. Mm. I haven't had any problems with them yet. I've got yeah. a Douglas fir oil that I made with grapeseed oil. Was that like three or four years ago? Oh, I bet that and smells lovely. It does. It's it's a lovely. And I, in fact, I just recently I had a, someone I know that had a tendon issue in her Achilles tendon. She mm-hmm. had a, a nodule and she was having pain and there was something, you know, it was an injury, a tendon injury. Yeah. And she was just looking for something to help it out. And she asked me if CBD would work and she has some of that at home. And I said, well, that would probably not hurt it. Mm-hmm. I I was like, well, if you want to pop by, I'd be happy to put just a quick little blend together for you. And I used the Douglas fir oil and the balm of Gilead and the Solomon seal oil. Oh. And it was just a simple blend. And then I added some cooling essential oils. I can't remember offhand. I think I used like camphor probably and, and, um, but EOs? Yeah. Okay. I think it was camphor and what was the other one? Kajaput. Probably oh, Kajaput. Kaj- yeah, because they're very cooling and she was having inflammation issues there. You could you mm-hmm. could feel the heat. So wait, you put salt and so. seal? Say I, again? I put, a, a, it was about the equal proportions of Solomon seal, Douglas fir, and then balm of Gilead. Balm of Gilead, right. Yeah. And it wasn't, I just made a little bit and she said that she felt it start to relax almost immediately. And I suggested she use that alternating with the CBD every few hours, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever works for her schedule and makes sense. And she's been doing that. She said it's been healing really nicely. Nice. So she's, it's still sore, but tendons take a long time. Yeah, they do. So she's, you know, I told her, you you might expect several months to heal that Mm -hmm. because that's just normal for tendons, but you know, that should help. And and she said it is. Or analgesic um, adding clove. Yeah, I can't remember if I did that. I might have added that. I can't Mm -hmm. remember. I wrote the formula down at home and (laughs) it is a couple weeks ago. This was before the great snowstorm. The great snowstorm, 2019. Yeah, that sounds like during these these winter weather 
episodes, people get yeah. muscle injuries a lot or hip injuries because they fall mm-hmm. in the snow or they're yes. shoveling and they do terrible things to their right. shoulders or legs or what have you. So it's good to have something like this. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you have a, a Instapot, you can it's easier to make tinctures. Yeah. Uh, quick tinctures because you can stick your and I, I did that this week. Actually, I was making syrups, um, but I took the the water and put the the dried herb in there and put it on steam. Mm-hmm. And within 15, 20 minutes, I, I had at least the water part. Then I added the, the, um, you add a alcohol, alcohol yeah. right. And put that in a jar and, and yeah. nice. I, I was ready. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it's amazing how fast it goes when you're using like an Instapot or yep. a, even the crock pots, you know, they don't, sure. the crock pot doesn't go quite as fast, but you don't have to mind it. Right, exactly. So you just put your stuff in there, put the lid on, yeah. and walk away, and then the next morning it's ready to go, or yeah. by that night it's ready to go, and you finish it off, and you're yeah. good. Yeah. And this winter time, because I was stuck inside mm-hmm. quite a bit, and I I don't take kindly to that sort of <laughs> event, so I made a ton of syrup. So I did the Instapot thing, and and just as I talked about for making the tincture, yeah. took that water that had decocted and was super. Oh, I made a catnip that made the whole house smell lovely. And I think my nice. cats uh, went insane. Because <laughs> of that. But just took that, took that out, strained it, threw it in a, uh, on the stove and added some uh, brown rice syrup to it. Nice. And just cooked that up nice. and there you go. Nice. It was ready. And of course, some ascorbic acid in order to keep it from getting too uh, de- decay. We don't yeah. want that. It's an antioxidant. So then I just put that in a plastic container and put it outside. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back when we lived in Minnesota, the outdoors was our refrigerator for spring and fall and freezer for winter. Yep. Like the adjunct, the yep. extra. Yep. I always use your porch for, for ancillary mm-hmm. storage, especially during the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Works yeah, really well. Cool. <laughs> so it was also yeah. nice because I'd see these patches where they were by trees and, and, Sometimes the snow had melted off and I saw a lot of chickweed come up. Yeah, we had, um, before the snow happened, we had cleavers that were starting to grow. They were about oh. two or three inches in all in the, there's like the area. There, there's several areas. I mean, my yard is filled with cleavers, mm-hmm. but, and I don't mind. I like the cleavers, but mm-hmm. there's like the, the, by, by the sidewalk. The beginning area yeah, like is yeah. a little microclimate a little where it's warming. a little warmer. Uh-huh. So they were about, yeah, probably about three inches or so tall before the snow. I'm sure they're probably decimated by the snow right now. But yeah, but they'll be back up. Oh, that, they'll be back that up. That chickweed that I found, that little patch of it, I nibbled on it and it was crisp and delicious and very nice. flavorful. And I thought, nice. oh, because your skin gets so, my skin gets yeah. really dry in the snow. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's like adding 20 years to my my face and eating chickweed is, uh, It'll help. It, yeah. it really helps the skin. Like it, it kind of brings youth back to you, makes you, it helps your stomach and lots of other stuff. And then, of yeah. course, cleavers is so good for your lymph nodes. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people, mostly they're thinking about that lymphatic area right under their ears because ears and yeah. and uh sore throat and all that they are they can feel that but you know lymphs are all over the body yep. so anytime you're feeling congestion of certain places uh lymphs are just a one-way gland yeah so and cleavers you, are great for it yeah and yeah. it's a lot more palatable than red root yes it is red root tastes like 
another swear word to me. Yeah. <laughs> Red root is not <laughs> delicious. It is not delicious, no. but cleavers is tasty. Cleavers is tasty. You see, Patrick, how I didn't swear. Yeah, but it has a weird mouthfeel. Red red root? No, cleavers. cleavers. Oh, it does, but not as much as red root. Oh, that's true, but Mm -hmm. I wouldn't put red root in my salad. No, no. No, No. but cleavers is much, much more palatable, and it's easy to blend with other things, like chickweed, for example. Right. Yeah, I I didn't get a lot of herbal harvest outside. I spent some time out there, though, shaking the snow off of – we have a, a line of large laurel trees the um, hedge laurel yeah not, not the not the edible type not the bay laurel right. but hedge laurel bane of sue's existence <clears throat> i love our hedge laurels I'm i really so love them um, they they do take some maintenance because you have to keep trimming them back because of where we are mm-hmm. uh, but they do offer our space an awful lot of privacy most of the houses in our area are single story but there is one house that's two-story and the person that lives in that house is not a nice person. Aww. And that person tried to break into our house once while we were there. She tried oh. to, and she was screaming about child welfare. And it was just we were crazy. Finn and, yeah. and him and I, Finn and I were having an argument in the back and she was out that day watering her. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And she got yeah. triggered. And, and she got all mad. And she, she walked over to our house and she went through the gate and she opened the door. You know, I went and knocked on the door and she opened, I opened the door and she, she tried to shove her way, shoved into, her way my house. into the house. I, I had to call the police. It what was are you really, doing? You know, it was like this whole it was thing. Traumatic. And of course, Finn's freaking out. Yeah, it was sure. You know, he was what, seven or eight at the time. Yeah, yeah. it was traumatic you know, for so, him. So yeah, we got rid of the woman, but, you know, she's, yeah. And I then we under, we found out later that. She has some other problems. Yeah, mm. she has problems. Sure, and sounds like. <laughs> so we, we keep our, our hedge laurels taller than they probably should be mm-hmm. for the size of space that we all have yeah, to I think share. 20 feet. Yeah, yeah, we let them grow as so long as they So that's why when it snowed, they, they, they bent, bent over. Yeah. 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 yeah, so they bent over. And um, all but one section has recovered. We did have a couple branches that broke, but they'll they'll recover they'll mm-hmm. be fine mm-hmm. and most of them have stood back up but while i was out there one at one section they were weighing down the magnolia tree that's right next to them she's, she's a really young magnolia tree oh yeah I mean, she's I only been magnolia. there she's been there for like a decade so she's not they grow slowly or at least yeah, this one do. grows slowly mm-hmm. so she was all weighed down so i wanted to get the laurels off of her and then i noticed the camellia tree or bush. I don't even know what you call that. It's it's like the size of the laurels. Mm-hmm. It holds its own next yep. to the laurels. Sure does. Um, but that one was also weighed down. And that one's much more brittle. The laurels are springy, mm-hmm. so you can shake those easily. And the, the camellia was not as much. And I noticed the camellia buds were looking like they were hopeful about opening fairly soon <laughs> oh that's so sad <laughs> so i felt for them so i you know i'm out there talking to everybody as i'm doing it and my son's like oh my god cave mom mm-hmm. you're <laughs> yeah. welcome that's a nice thing to hear yes you bet it was so and i have um, a thought and because and we went right by it and i mm-hmm. and i know this is totally it, it's it's about the laurels but it's not necessarily in our discussion go for but it but i thought about collecting all the leaves this year and then using those leaves on areas that I don't want anything to grow in. Oh, yeah. because it's allelopathic. Right. Yeah. Good idea. Because I'm like, yeah. we have all these weeds that pop That's up smart. everywhere. And I'm like, well, we could just munch all this stuff up and throw this stuff down. You bet. Yeah. And nothing would grow there. I've done that with the yeah. black walnut leaves before. Yeah. yeah. I make That's that into idea. paths because it's so allelopathic. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. We have these areas that we don't really want to control or monitor, and you know we don't yeah. want to overgrow necessarily. But maybe that's a good idea. Well, I was planning to put a path across the front, where between the goose gate and the front gate or front door. Mm-hmm. I was planning to turn that into a path, so right. we can just start putting laurel leaves. Yeah, move them that way. So anyway, that's just my thought. That's like, a, good a good idea. idea. Hey, wouldn't that be a natural weed killer? I like mm-hmm. that. So for listeners that don't know about allelopathic plants, a real quick piece here, there are some plants that they use birth control uh-huh. and they will, usually they're plants that produce a lot of, of babies and they do not want their babies to kill them. So they have um, pro- compounds within their leaves usually, mm-hmm. so there are other things that have that have been used, they'll drop the leaves um, around the same time they, that the babies go running off. And any of those little nuts or baby seeds or whatever that are around the area where they have dropped their leaves, which is near near the mother plant, those cannot live yeah. because the compounds um, poison the ground so that new new plants won't live under there. So for people that have grass, they are always trying to throw grass seed under these, like the walnut trees or the mm-hmm. laurels, and it just dies. And they're like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Well, it's it's the leaves. You You're know, not doing anything wrong. That's nature's birth control. Be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hormones in action, people. And yeah. plants have it too. But using it like you were saying, Patrick, for the benefit of your spot, then, you know, making a path or, or having a place that you always have weeds and you don't want to have them around um, the edges of your of your house or something like yeah. that. Yeah. That's, that's smart. That's Makes practical sense. herbalism right there. Mm. That sure is. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we could beg it and sell it. That's my entrepreneur in me. There you go. There <laughs> you go. You want to start that business, you go for it. <laughs> well, for, I think for me, when you get back on the forest babes, forest bathing a little bit more during the snowstorm it mm. felt to me like the world kind of stopped yeah you know and i know it, it didn't but my my world stopped i couldn't get to work i couldn't get out of my driveway right uh there were a lot of projects that just couldn't even really go out walking because it was dangerous because there were enough lines down that, that didn't stop me, but naturally, yeah. Yeah. Um, intelligent people. <laughs> well, that's what did. that's what the that's what the like authorities and stuff were saying like is just, it's best yep. to not go out walking about, you or know, driving or anything because driving around because there's power lines down. I mean, more than thirteen thousand people lost power sure. in the city of Eugene and Springfield; yep. those two cities alone, and that's not even looking at the outlying areas. Yeah. So there were a lot of down lines. Yes. But you were out walking anyway. Naturally. And you're still talking. So clearly if you stepped on one, it didn't kill you. No, I I, (laughs) I, I haven't. Yes, I lived to tell about it. Don't try this at home, kids. But it was it was so quiet. Yeah. And there weren't cars zooming by. Yeah. If there was a car coming, you could hear them a long way away and they were going slow. That was one of the nice upsides Mm -hmm. to it. The lack of traffic. And when you saw people on um, day two, I started to see people going out with their skis. Yeah, so we saw a cross-country skier yeah. made us laugh. Yeah, yeah and it, it was great. great. You know, they're they're going off to work in their skis or yeah. you have people that have the giant boots and trudge, 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 yeah. trudge. And it was it was fun. You know, life yeah. was moving a lot snow, slower. The park that's a block away from my house was full of giggling children nice. on sleds and throwing snowballs and making yeah. snow people and uh, a friend of mine made a snow sphinx. Nice. So cool. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Nice. Um, but, yeah, it was yeah. just – it was fun to to see the world change a bit. 
and to walk around and see the the trees and the plants adapt to this behavior. Some of those plants didn't do well at all. Now the big leaf yeah. maples in our area, they always lose trunks. Yeah. But, you know, they they're 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 okay about they lose giant branches and like I said about yeah. the poplars too. They'll be okay. They'll yeah. be okay. Yeah, some some of the plants just they just split in half and and were unfortunately not going to make it, but it was interesting to I loved smelling all the smells. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I liked seeing the um, uh, plants that were resilient and poking up, like the skeleton of the wild carrot. Oh, yeah. Just sticking up there. That, that um, yeah. um, I'll put a picture up. Um, but this is one that my husband had taken a picture of where you could see that the wild carrot had been originally covered with snow. And then it just finally went, oh, ping. So it rose up and you could see where it was laying. Yeah. Because there's a big crevasse next to sure. it. <laughs> you go, girl. You nice. know? Nice. It was pretty cool. I was very impressed with it. So yeah, that just yeah. seeing things differently was a Yeah. It was fun. What I noticed is that a lot of the people that we know who were super stressed out. Mm-hmm finally took the time to relax because they were forced to. Yes. It was kind of like Mother Nature said, no, y'all need to relax. Mm -hmm. You need to let things go. You mm -hmm. need to slow down. Mm -hmm. And when they did, the result afterwards is, sure, there's a lot of stuff to get done, but people are more like, okay, it, it, it'll it get done. Right. It'll be okay. And that's, a, that's a choice that we always have. And mm -hmm. I think as herbalists, that's something that we we do well when we recognize that yeah. There's a plant there. You choose whether you see it as a weed or you see it as a medicine. Right. It's a it's a terrible, terrible weather week and everything is stopping. You choose whether that's going to make you angry or where that's right. going to delight you or whether you're going to use that as a time of peace or what have you. You right. make that choice. You know, you yeah. you you use your noggin. Yeah. In fact, that that's conversation wisdom. has been going on in our household for some time now. Of the question of how do you be happy? Right. You know, and and I have been saying for a very long time, it is a choice. And mm -hmm. yes, it's a choice even when you're facing depression. Right. Not even just the little my, you know, I lost my job and I'm depressed, but the big D depression where you've, you've you can't got to get out of bed. Yeah. Where yeah. you're dealing with it and it's chronic and there isn't a source that you can easily identify, mm -hmm. you know, that that's therapy worthy depression. Right. It's a long time coming. Yeah. That's chronic big D depression. And even then happiness is a choice. And I've watched people, many people that I know struggle with it. Mm -hmm. And the ones who choose happiness over and over are the ones that ultimately do better. Yep. And it's something that I know I've had to struggle with at times. And anxiety also, you can choose to be anxious and you can choose to get into the now and be happy mm -hmm. and comfortable and confident. And part of that is for, for some people, because they have chemical imbalances, mm -hmm. they or they had such destruction in their past that has caused mm -hmm. chemical changes in their body, they they choose to take medicine, whether yep. herbal or pharmaceutical, in order to get them to that point. Right. And hopefully they have those options available to them. Yes. So, and it's it and you know, you need whether if you're struggling with something like that, 
choosing happiness alone is not enough. You right. may need medicine. You may need therapy. You yep. may need to use a variety of other options, acupuncture, acupressure, stone massages, mm-hmm. shamanic work, Reiki. I mean, there's thousands, crystal healing. There's right. thousands of different ways to help yourself. Yep. And those are all things that you can try all of those, but ultimately it's a choice within that that's the happiness is what you want to grow. Mm-hmm. And then all those other things can help yep. if you don't choose it at the root. If you don't say that's what I really want, right? then those other things aren't going to really do much. They're yeah. going to maybe help a little, take the edge off, but they're never really going mm-hmm. to make you be happy. And I I think we, we have to be careful to say we're not saying that everyone can be happy and whatever, be delusional about your, you know, that's not even relationship. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying that. But that's also that kind of delusional thinking isn't actually truly happiness either. Right. Happiness is a, is a clear feeling within. There are, there are times when you don't have choices available to you, Mm -hmm. but there are things that, that every person can do at some point, at least to, try to take some kind of control over their lives. Right. Well, I you think know, I don't, I don't have, when I, I think about the, um, what is the name of the fellow that wrote the book about surviving? I believe it was Auschwitz. Oh, well, the, I don't know about that book, but he's mentioned in the eighth habit. Yes. What do you remember his name? No, we'll I put it in the show. notes. Yeah. We'll put it in the show notes, but he is, he's very famous and you guys are going to laugh at me when you realize who I'm talking I about because it's, at you. no, it's all right. It's okay. You can. He laughs all the time. <laughs> all the time. Everybody does. It's okay. You're in good company. Okay. But when you, when you read his name, you'll know who I'm talking about, but he, um, he survived, I believe it was Auschwitz and the, well, he, the, he the camps, the concentration, the concentration camps. camps. And, you know, I mean, it was a horrific thing. He was, he was a skeleton when he came out of there. I mean, it wasn't like it was an easy existence. Of course not. But the one piece that I found most powerful every time I hear of his story is that he chose to be grateful for the gruel that they were serving every day. Mm. The once a day, little half a cup or whatever, you know, the minuscule amount of food that was barely food. And every day he made the choice to say thank you for this food and to treat it like it was just this amazing gift. Mm. Now, you know, most of us look at that and say, oh, my God, that that's horrible. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not an amazing gift. But because he made that choice, even in a horrific situation, he had that power. He held his power to make the choice to be happy for this one little thing, Mm -hmm. even though everything around him was awful. Yeah. And he survived. Yeah. And he watched other people who didn't make that choice and they didn't survive. Mm-hmm. The ones who make the choice to be happy, you know, to find that happy or that little piece of gratitude, even in the absolute worst circumstances are the ones that survive. And in the long run, they're the people that we look to for how do you survive when, mm-hmm. you know, I'm down because something happened in my life. I've lost my job or I've got a heartbreak or a dearly, you know, beloved family members passed on. How do I survive that? Mm-hmm. We look to those people that have gone through the serious extremes to help us learn and how to learn how to survive it mm-hmm. and how to thrive afterwards as he has. Yeah. So. And sometimes the survival is just to get through the day. It is. Sometimes. You know, it's sometimes not, it's, it's just, not a guarantee that you're going to live forever. Or sometimes or, it's just to get through the next hour. Next hour. Yeah. And I have had yeah. many days where it's just so get through the next hour. Yep. 
But it's always making that choice and remembering the power to be happy is always within you. Mm-hmm. It's never anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So, but definitely get help. Yeah. Get out of bad situations when you can. Look for options to get yourself into a better place. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And talk to your doctor and work with your physicians and your therapists and, mm-hmm. you know, don't. Don't go it alone. Yeah. Get out in the woods more. Get out in the Get woods, out in the more. woods more. Bless your yeah. heart. That's very true. That's what we're saying. I have one tiny not out in nature, but I did make a connection with a plant even amidst the snow day. What's that? I bought seeds from Strictly Medicinal oh, yeah. Plants mm-hmm. or Strictly Medicinal Seed Company. And one of the seeds I bought was Spilanthes. <gasps> oh, I'm so glad you said that. And I decided that I was going to give Spilanthes a try yes. because I'm hoping to convince everybody that we should have Spilanthes as one of the herbs of the month. For sure. You got my vote. Should we do it then for March? Let's do it. All right. It's on. So that's the March herb of the month. I will be writing about that <laughs> tomorrow. Good. <laughs> so Spilanthes toothache plant, one of my favorite analgesics. Yes, it's the first down. time. It's the first time I'm encountering Spilanthes at all because I've never used it in any way. Like never had the medicine, never anything. So I was like, I'll give this a try. What the heck? I put it into my aeroparnic garden. Mm-hmm. And it grew. Mm. It grew happily, surprisingly. And it had little flowers on it. Yeah, it looked like little eyeballs. Little, yeah, like little eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And I decided that I would make it small. I, I I chopped off, like there was three little branches. All I have is just the one little plant. It had three little branches. So I gave them a sharp, hard prune down. Mm-hmm. So I've got three twenty-three grams of fresh plants. Oh. 23 little grams. So I chopped them up. And I put it into my little my little canning jar, and I did a one to two ratio with ninety five percent alcohol, Good. so forty milliliters. Yep. yep. So it's like this miniature amount, but I was like, I'm going to make this tiny amount of tincture and just see what it's like because I've never you. done it. And I did my twenty three grams probably became more like twenty two and a half because I did eat one of the leaves to see what it tasted yep. like while I was and doing it. And what did you think? It was a really interesting sensation. I noticed it really got my saliva moving mm-hmm. and. There aren't a lot of things that really do that yep. to me. But I was like, wow, that was really interesting. And then um, the flavor had sort of like a, this is going to sound weird the way I describe flavors, but it had sort of like a slightly red brick clay sandpaper sort of feel. Yeah, that's weird. It. But I think what you're saying is it had a <laughs> mineral-like yeah, I'm not. It? I'm not sure because that's. It's the first time in, I'm encountering it, and mm-hmm. and the way that I experience flavor is usually yeah, no, strange, that, totally like valid. that. But so I'm not sure what it's doing exactly. I mean, I've read about it, but mm-hmm. so look for that one in our herb of the month for March 2019. And yeah. thank you, existing Herbal Nerd Society members, for mm-hmm. helping us out. And we hope that you. That you enjoy reading about Spilanthes as much as we enjoy writing about it. Yes, it'll be fun. And as always, put, put an herb on, on it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA. They're not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with a healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication. Or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem, any testimonials, 
questions or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.